Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Otro robo, otro robo. No parece Couto, se la lleva Rodrigo, Rodrigo con el balón. Progresa Rodrigo, chuta Rodrigo. Y gol, 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 gol. De Rodrigo. Marcó el Madrid. Marcó Rodrigo. Real Madrid 4. Girona 0. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of La Liga Lowdown. Match day 24 recap is upon us. I'm your host, Matt Clark. Delighted to be joined for his pod debut by Ben Sully. Ben, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Happy to make my debut. I'll say a long-awaited debut, but I'm not sure if anyone's been waiting for it. But I'm been happy to be here. That's the main thing. Well, we certainly have, Ben, and uh, more than happy to have you alongside in what's been another fabulous weekend in La Liga. We have to. There's been some absolute partidazos, particularly on Sunday, but we have yeah. to start in the big Saturday evening clash at the Bernabeu. Which saw first take on second, and anyone apart from Real Madrid fans were all hoping for a Girona victory to keep this title race interesting. Unfortunately, Real Madrid had other ideas and put in a phenomenal 4 0 crushing of Girona. What were your thoughts on this game? Um, well, going into the game, I thought maybe Girona had the upper hands purely on just on the day, on kind of leading up to it, where we had Dovbic pass fit and then obviously Rudiger being ruled out injured, making um, Real Madrid basically play with no centre-backs. Surprising to see, obviously, Carvajal line up as a left centre-back rather on the right side, and then Schumann on the right side. But maybe if there was any doubts, that was all gone after 45 minutes, because I think that's got to be up there with some of the best football you see in the first half from Real Madrid. Absolute complete performance, like I said, especially in that first half. Um, they protected the centre-backs impressively they um they were happy to press at times but a lot of the time they were happy to um, go compact kind of defend the width for their box um and i think that helped them kind of negate the concern about having no center bats because you they really stopped Girona picking the ball out on the edge trying to get up the link the link up pay um i think people like like savio um Tiskankov, um Dovbik, they really really didn't really get into the 
into the game at all. And obviously in the in the final third, um, Vinicius and, and Bellingham was just sensational. Vinny's Vinny's first goal was just sublime. You you, you if we're gonna be harsh, you could say maybe Girona stood off him, but they probably looked at it and thought, Do you know what, we've got him boxed in here. What else can he do apart from hit it in the top corner? And of course he goes and hits it in the top corner. Um, and then obviously the pass for the, the, the second goal was sublime. It's like um, Luka Modric just been kind of holding <laughs> training sessions. The outside of the of the boot was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think what you saw there as well for that goal was how hard it is to defend those runs from deep with Bellingham, especially someone like Girona where they're kind of aggressive. So that that line's quite high up. You can. Um, it gives if you watch the goal back, you can see um, the midfield. I think it might be Ivan Martin. I'm not 100 sure, but you could see him kind of notice spelling on the wrong side of him, kind of point to his defenders because he's obviously not going to he's going to pass him off. But by the time the the defenders even realise he's there, he's bit up a full head of steam, gone around the goalkeeper, and and that's that. So the the, the first 45 minutes. Can't, it was just a complete performance. Like I said, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant performance. Yeah, as Carlo Ancelotti summed up in his tweet, the best game and the best moment. And yeah, uh, it sums up Carlo, isn't it? Just completely uh, down to earth and just keeping it simple. And he says, right, I've got I've got no defenders, no centre backs anyway. Um, Courtois has been out all season. Militao has been out all season. Alaba's now out. Rudiger's now out. What are we going to do? Oh, we chuck Danny Carvajal in there. Many in there will protect them, but you know what? We're better going forward anyway. Vinny, Rodrigo, Bellingham I mean, all of them on the score sheet, an absolutely frightening trio when they're on form. And, and as you say, Vinicius in particular just kind of woke up and thought, Yep, this is my game today. And the goal was reminiscent of his goal against City in the semi final in the Champions mm. League last season, I thought. And many have said so. Um, yeah, I guess for Girona, this was kind of what everyone was fearing when would their unbelievable form come to an end? And I think it's worth, again, reiterating how impressive they have been this season. But the gap is five points now. It's pretty hard to see any title race, don't you think? I think, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I think, obviously, it's it's Madrid's to lose. The only team really stopping Real Madrid now is Real Madrid themselves. Um, but I think we can't um, lose that, that Girona is brilliant, that they're there. Second place is brilliant. Obviously, we really want a title race, but to still be there, to still be, even if... They the next like next three four months isn't as good as the first half of the season. If they stay in the top four, that's still an amazing season. Their fourth yeah. ever season in La Liga to to get um, top four is still an amazing achievement. So I don't think that should, we should kind of let <laughs> let that performance overshadow all their good work they've done this season. Especially when you look at they've lost twice this season. They're both to Real Madrid. There's not mm. really a massive it, disgrace in that. Um, so yeah, I I can't see. I can't see them coming back, like I said, partly because also I don't see Real Madrid giving up enough points in the next few months. Um, the only advantage I suppose Girona have is that Real Madrid probably, if they go deep into the Champions League, will have a few more games to worry about. But I would, I would suggest that would only come into play if the gap's down to two two points, three points maybe. But um, coming into this period of games of the Girona, of Real Sociedad, Real Madrid and then Athletic Club next week, I thought if they could yeah. get out of that and only be three points behind, they would still be in it. So even if yesterday they drew and then next week they somehow went and won at Samamez, they you think, OK, they're still in it. Just stick with Real Madrid for as long as possible and try and take it, um, try and just run them close. But yeah, I think... It did feel like last night, kind of. I don't want to. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news and see it, but it does feel like it kind of. It has kind of killed it a little bit. 
Well, the good news is we've got plenty of other races that we're excited about. And and as Michel said, uh, he was obviously missing from the touchline serving that ban. But he did say post-game that this isn't really Girona's league. Their league is better. So I started at Valencia. That kind of area of the table is where Girona are, and or at least should be. And even then, they'd probably be punching above their weight. So again, managing expectations. And the good news for Girona fans out there, as bad as Saturday was, they got some pretty good news on Sunday because neither Atleti nor Barca were able to take advantage of their defeat. Um, I was going to go to Sevilla, Atleti, but I think we have to go to uh, Montjuic and the game we've just finished watching, where Barca inexplicably once again conceded three goals at home. And this is to a Granada side who had scored one goal away from home since, I think, October. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to Barca and Laminia Mal in a minute, the good and the bad and the ugly of Barca. But first of all, for Granada to come here and score three, they're unbeaten in five against Barca. It's really strange, this this crazy run they've had. Yeah, I was just looking at that. I, I saw that Barcelona are going to be sick of the sight of Granada. Um, but I think, yeah, it was encouraging performance. And I think encouraging um, couple of performances for Granada, especially off the back of the January window, they did make a, quite a few signings there. Um, so they're not they weren't giving up on on staying in the top flight. It wasn't a kind of a case of we're just gonna accept and look at next season. They still wanna try and fight over the next few months. And obviously last week playing a good proportion of the game um against Las Palmas with ten men, still getting a point out of that and obviously leading for a good period of that game. And obviously today they um it was yeah, a brilliant, brilliant performance. Obviously out a little bit by um some poor poor bastard defending, which does seem to be happening at home quite a bit. Um, the inconsistency at home in the, in the last few games is is a cause for concern, but kind of reflects their whole season. That kind of consistency has, has troubled them. But yeah, for Granada, it's yeah a, a very very encouraging performance. That maybe obviously there would have been more momentum going into um, next week if they um, had held on and won. But I think you can't argue going going away to Barcelona picking up a point when you're trying to trying to stay in the division and maybe that can be the sort of kind of performance that gives them a bit of a bit of momentum they can build upon um because I think next week they've got Almeria so you'd hope maybe that for their sake that they go in there and get a win and then all of a sudden you've you might have gone three games unbeaten and you start thinking hang on we could we could stay up here um but yeah I think the thing for this game was really one of the big moments was um just before half time, when Barca looked like they were going to go two 0 up, they had an incisive counter attack, and it looked like Lewandowski was going to put it in there. But Martin um, Ongler cleared it off the line, and then mm. two minutes later, um, Piastri lays it off, and <laughs> Ricardo Sanchez, I think, it hits it. That's it, and you think, hang on, <laughs> all of a sudden they've gone from potentially being two 0 down, and now they're <laughs> now they're level. So, yeah, I think that was quite a crucial part of the game, but. Yeah, I think overall Granada have got to be happy. Indeed, they do. 15% of their points this season have come against Barca. So <laughs> read into that whatever you want, <laughs> listeners. Um, and yeah, Payestri making a, a great impact on loan already at Granada. Man United fans probably thinking, where's this guy been? But um, yeah, good to see him <laughs> getting some action. I'm sure Uruguay fans and Bielsa too are pretty happy with that. As for Barca then, Ben... Again, I'm not quite sure where we go because I've chatted to Roman so many times about this, uh, and and before you know Rory and Paco as well. They're just they're absolutely shipping goals. And Testegen was back today. He he mm-hmm. obviously he's he's lacking match fitness. He's been out for three months, so of course he might be rusty. But his distribution was so poor in the first half, in particular, giving the ball away constantly, which probably didn't didn't give the defense much encouragement. But even so, 
to concede three to Granada um, is a real shock. I mean, Villarreal, we know they can score goals. They're down the bottom, but they have been scoring goals. Granada haven't really been as much. And when you look at Barca and the goals conceded column, 33 stands out like a sore thumb in that top half. They've conceded as many goals as Cadiz, who are 18th. Um, and you just can't compete like that. And that's probably why the title defence has fallen by the wayside. Now, Chevy said after the Villarreal defeat, you know, I'm stepping away. This is to try and settle the ship and, and get us to the end of the season in some kind of rhythm. They had two wins in the week, but then this game, it kind of feels like a, an absolute regression again, kind of one step forward, probably three steps back. Um, how do you assess Barca, where they are right now? Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. The, the last two performances, maybe not convincing, but they got the results and, and that was the main thing. Um, I think that's it's a weird situation because if you were, obviously, if you come out of a game like today where they drew 3 3 against a relegation threatened side, you'd go, the manager's in trouble. But, he, mm. but, if, but he got Can't this way. <laughs> no, he's kind of sacrificed himself already to try and kind of get the performances and get some results. Um, yeah, I, the defence is, like you said, is the main thing. And that is the main reason why they're not in the title race. Because you look last year, that their their whole success was built on a strong backline. Fortunate at times, and maybe some brilliant goalkeeping last season from Testegen. Um, but yeah, obviously they're injuries. So moving around your defence never helps. You want a settled backline. But even even like today, um, or Sunday recording this, where... Um, I, think, I can't remember what the, um, the second goal, I think it was, where Kabassi gets caught literally under the ball for a simple ball that Kunde looks like he's going to clear away. And those are just simple defensive mistakes that have kind of hampered them this season, like, mm. especially at home in recent weeks. Um, but I think that's probably a big concern. Like you said, you can maybe handle conceding or you don't want to from Barcelona's perspective, but you can say, okay, you can see why Girona and Villarreal might score, but a lot of goals. But to do it against Granada is certainly a cause for concern. But you do wonder if, um, if when they play Napoli in the first leg, um, if that doesn't go to plan, what happens then? Do they think, well, do we have to make a change early? Because it's all well and good, um, Xavi saying, okay, I'll, I'll go at the end of the season. Mm. But and also, okay, from Barcelona. From the league standpoint, from a, a pride point of view, it's never that good being that far from Real Madrid. But really, the title isn't where they need to be looking. They really yeah. need to be... Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the Champions League places, whether it is going to be four or five. But say it is four, you've got Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and an athletic club, all three of them going for two spots there by the looks of it. Yeah. And you think, well, if that starts, if performances... Okay, or they can't find a consistency and they're still struggling to kind of get away from fifth place. And like I said, if the Champions League first leg doesn't go well, then maybe questions get asked of Xavi and whether they have to make a decision before the end of the season. Because, okay, it's, of course, he's an icon, he's a legend. It's it's nice if he can go out on his own accord, even if it has been a, a poor season. But yeah, at the end of the day, and also a lot of. Of money at stake, and if they, if the, the hierarchy start thinking the Champions League is at risk, then they might certainly take action. Indeed, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how that tie goes because again, Napoli themselves are having an awful title defence, um, much worse than Barca. As to be said, they they're down in ninth in Serie, having also lost um, away at Milan on Sunday night. So they're in all kinds of a mess too. It's kind of like the fans of each club are looking at each other, going, "It's okay, we're bad, but we're not as bad as them." Uh, so that that could be a, probably the, the intriguing tie of the round in the Champions League, just to see kind of who's less bad in that knockout game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as it is, 10 points off the top. 
almost definitively out of that title race now. And yeah, only three points clear of Atleti and uh, only six clear of Athletic who have a game in hand. So all to play for in that top four race. Speaking of Atleti, Ben, we uh, saw them lose their home record in the Copa in midweek. Um, their away work record wasn't great, but then they were going to the Sanchez Pituan where Sevilla's home record was certainly questionable, having had not won since September. So what happens? Well, Sevilla get that all-important win to make it a great week for them, back-to-back victories. And um, once again, it was the new prodigal son, Isaac. Isaac Romero with the goal in the first half. Atleti unable to reply. Yeah, I, I think um, if you look at Sevilla um, and the series coming back from the Africa Cup of Nations and obviously Isaac Romero, they, those two have given them a bit of impetus up front now. They do look a bit dangerous. They do look like they can do something going forward. Um, obviously, I would say um, for, for Sevilla to get those couple of wins is, is good. Get, gets them, hopefully, for their sake, gets them out of the dangers out of the danger zone. Um, but in regards to Fletty, yeah, it's it was a pretty if kind of it was a really, really bad day for him because obviously not only the result on the pitch, but Alvaro Morata mm. going off injured in tears on the bench. Um, I think I was seeing after the game at Simeone he was suggesting it wasn't going to be too serious, but obviously you never know until yeah. you get the diagnosis back. So um yeah, for Atletico Madrid it's been pretty poor few days. Obviously lost one nil to Athletic Club in the in the Copa del Rey. And then for, for them, they look at the next month or so and think this is going to be really big for our season. Obviously they have Inter Inter Milan in the in the Champions League, who are probably <laughs> probably one of the best teams in Europe at the moment. On form, um, yeah. And if they can come back in Sam Mez is going to be an incredibly tough ask. And like we're saying, if I get Barcelona, of course, for Atletico Madrid not to get Champions League would be a disaster as well. So, um, yeah, it's it was it was. I think it was one of the main weird things for um, for Atletico for Atletico Madrid this season or in recent weeks has been their away form. Um, mm-hmm. Brilliant at home, obviously, for the most part. But their away, they just they can't replicate that that form, and that is costume, and that is given Athletic Club a chance and and yeah I think that's certainly a cause for concern for for Simeone. It certainly is he kind of was poking fun or irony at the fixture list again sort of saying thanks to La Liga thanks to the Federation we started so badly because we didn't have any time to prepare so another manager complaining about the congested calendar but again when you look at their away form over a period of time it's only one win in seven and that draw at the Bernabeu last week was kind of a last gasp equaliser too Mm. so that would have been Six defeats in seven. Um, yeah, for them, huge few weeks coming up. You mentioned Inter. They got Las Palmas. Um, they have to go at San Mames away in the Copa. Some some potentially tricky Liga games too. So uh, a really massive February-March period for, for Barca and for Atleti. But for Sevilla, fantastic result. Puts them six clear now of the drop zone as they overtake um, Mallorca and Celta. So a little bit of breathing space for Kika Sanchez-Flores. And finally, that home victory that Sanchez Pituan was absolutely yearning for. And the atmosphere at full time just showed how important that was for all of them. Uh, one more game before we hit the break. And that was an unexpected partidazo at the Coliseum. <laughs> you were saying off air, Ben, this would have been game of the day until we just saw what happened at Monjuic. But at the Coliseum, it had everything. Hitafe scoring three. Felta thinking they had a draw, but then losing at the very end from a shoulder goal from Jaime Mata. And even Bordelas got knocked over on the touchline. What's not to love? I think that was, that was when it started going downhill for Kisafe when um, Bordelas got pushed over. He, he really looked like he winded himself. But yeah, 
he kind of got back up and um, saw his side concede two goals. Iago Aspas, um, again, being instrumental for, for Falta. You, you think this he keeps getting older and they can't keep relying on him, but if they keep having to turn to him, he obviously um, put the ball through for Manquillo, I think it was, to, to set up um, Strand Larson, And then he set up, I think it was Allende, to score his first goal. So, yeah, it's, at that stage, it looked like it was going to be 2-2. And if anyone was going to win it, the momentum was kind of with the visitors. Uh, and then, obviously, the massive sucker punch at the other end. And kind of going from the high of last week when um, Celta beat um, Osasuna, kind of a surprise, mm. big big victory. And now, yeah, they kind of, kind of stopped any sort of momentum building um, with that. And, yeah, I think for, for Rafa Benitez... I feel all season I've kind of thought of Rafa Benita seems to be under pressure, but it, whether there's a financial thing there, um, he always seems to, to to stay in the job. And but yeah, it's still obviously a cause for concern. They they still can't get away like we're talking about Severe and them um, get starting to get away now. They the South just can't can't eke away from the drop zone, so they're very much still in trouble. Absolutely, and uh, props to Tafe with another win at home. They're very much in the European race, I would suggest. Only two points off eighth and only four off seventh. So, Eurojeta potential, do you think? Oh, you can't can't write them off. I suppose you can't. <laughs> partly because I don't think you can write Borderlass off. Um, I, I suppose... Knock him was... down, he gets back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite literally. But yeah, I, I, I would still say you would suggest that um, Real Sociedad... Um, Real Betis would kind of hold on to those last places, but you can't you can't write off again. Obviously, they've got European commitments, so that's a distraction from their point. Um, so yeah, I suppose they're, they're definitely in the race, and you can't, like I said, can't write them off. Beautiful stuff. Well, that was the uh, the early game on Sunday. When we come back after the break, we'll review everything else that we haven't talked about yet so far this weekend. Join us in a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown, match day 24 recap. I'm here with Ben Sully on debut. He's uh, looking fine there. Just got a couple of assists already to his name. Um, Betis had a good weekend because, as we say, not uh, obviously quite a few of the top sides failing to win. Betis took advantage by opening up the weekend with a trip down to Caranza and winning 2-0 at Cadiz. Uh, this, of course, was uh, Pellegrini versus Pellegrino, which I... Uh, in my uh, infantile humour, absolutely love. <laughs> but it was uh, Pellegrini that got the upper hand. Uh, Pellegrino's first defeat as Cadiz boss. An early goal from William Jose. And then Pablo Fornals in the second half, rounding up a 2-0 win. Um, first of all, Betis, impressive? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, especially with no, obviously, Isco now injured. Uh, to see kind of the other players step up. Obviously, Pablo Fornals coming in from, from West Ham. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was a it was a solid away performance. You you can't get too carried away from it, but they, I think they did what they needed to do. Um, yeah, and just it just felt like a game they had to get through. They got the three points. It was a composed performance. They were never in danger really. Um, partly uh, that's probably partly to do with Cardiff's um, lack of attacking threat. But yeah, I don't think you can ask for much more. And and certainly encouragement with um, Pablo Fornells scoring his first goal which and those sort of players um him and Nabel Fekir could be important with with no Isco now no Isco no 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 man of the matches as well now for Isco as well <laughs> indeed it was an absolute lottery who was going to get it this week I mean, <laughs> probably still give it to him sitting watching at home um one player who did stand out though was probably uh Johnny um mm. the US the US star there playing just his fourth game uh getting the assist for William Jose um you impressed by his performance? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think again coming into the league, um, you can't ask for much more. And I think, I think that's probably good for for Betis on the whole. If you, you, you want to bring, you want your your signings to make an immediate impact. Sometimes they they, they don't, and obviously him and Fabrizio now now have got kind of up and running. Um, yeah, provided an, an assist. So I, I don't think yeah you can ask for much more encouragement for him. I think he's only a young lad, early twenties. So um, yeah, to see that is is, is properly very very promising. Mm, indeed, so, probably the thing to take away from this game though was the the protests, which kind of um, delayed the end of the game. Uh, loads of yellow jackets, raincoats, ponchos, whatever you want to call them, were all kind of thrown onto the pitch um, by the Caddy fans in protest at, at the team's really poor form. I mean, you have to go back a long long way since they last won a game, first of September. Um, Kika Setien was in charge of VRL. That's how long ago it was, listener. Um, it's just been a, a winless run. Hardly any goals scored either. That's that's their biggest issue, as you said earlier. Only 15 goals in 24 games. And to be honest, if they can't score, you can't see them getting out of trouble. So you can understand the protest. Yeah, it, it was a very bizarre end to the game. At one stage, one just on the pitch and a referee had taken it off and then he's turned around and about 20, 30, 40 more have coming at him. Um, it was so much so that they, I think the ref um, blew up about an hour, about a minute a minute before he was supposed to. Mm. It is it is very, very bleak for, for Cadiff. Um, I, the first kind of couple of games under Maurizio Pellegrino, you have the, the couple of goalless draws and you think, okay, is that a platform to build on? But obviously now you've tasted defeat, so they're still yet to score under him, and it is it is very very bleak. You, you, I was thinking you look at the next three games, and that feels like it could define their season. I think it's Osasuna, Salta, and Rayo to come next, and then after that they play. Um, I think it's like three of the top um, seven. So in the three of the top seven, the next four games after that. So I think for them, it does feel like their season is on the next three games. Otherwise, they are gonna they are gonna get cut adrift. I would like. 
um, a Cadiff or a Granada for our, from a neutral point of view to start picking up points to try and give mm. us um, a bit of a, a bit of a battle down the bottom. But yeah, at the moment it, it is very very bleak, and like you said, fifteen goals is is isn't it's pretty atrocious. It's at the moment they look like a team destined for the second division there is, i don't think you can get away from that mm. um so for their sake hopefully they can find it but obviously you hope a new manager would have come in and obviously would have found that kind of solved the attacking problem straight away but that hasn't been the case so yeah they're certainly certainly up against it to, to retain their top flight status indeed and one of those teams who had been down the bottom and looking like they might potentially get dragged into it was Mallorca, of course, distracted by the Copa del Rey semi-finals. However, they hosted a Rayo this weekend and got a late winner from the Pirate, Marici, 91st minute to win 2-1 after Rayo had equalised through Alvaro Garcia. Um, again, a much-needed win for Mallorca. And now it's Rayo who are almost the team looking over their shoulders because they're only, well, there's, there's seven clear of the drop still, but they're only four clear of Felta. So very much just about in the mix. As for Mallorca, they moved themselves six clear along with Sevilla. So, again, either of these sides you think are in trouble or you think both will have enough to stay up? I think both will have enough to stay up. Um, I think both managers came onto, into this game under real pressure. Obviously, mm. Javier Aguirre's got Mallorca to the semi-final of the Copa del Rey, but you could argue that's the only thing that saved him so far. Um, but, yeah, it was a, I think they'll both do enough. But again, like I was saying in regards to Cardiff, I don't know if that's more to do with the fact the teams in the bottom three are maybe not good enough to to get out of there or close the gap. But um, st- I think there'll st- still be concern, especially at Rayo. Rayo's is is going pretty poorly at the moment. Obviously, um, for Francisco, the it was going to be always a hard task to replace Adoni Rayola, but it was a bit. It's kind of been a bit of a strange season because. They started it quite well. Obviously, yeah. you had the heavy defeat to Atletico Madrid, but apart from that, the first couple of months weren't that bad. But mm. in recent weeks, it ha- they have really struggled. And in the, in the last few seasons, you always think Ayacas is a really tough place to go. Obviously, they're playing away this weekend, but normally they relied really a lot on their home form. And this year, I think they've won once in the league at home. So obviously, that's a that's a massive cause cause for concern for them. So I think. Um, although they'll hit, they'll, I think Rayo will do enough, and I think they have enough qualities to stay up. I would doubt. I have doubts whether um, the manager will see out the yeah, there for when it comes to May or May or June time. Because yeah, uh, the way they're going, he he, re- he could really really do with some points and some wins. Mm. Well, good for him that they've got Real Madrid and Girona next. <laughs> um, <laughs> have say. to start packing his bags already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, potentially, you never know. This, this league is bizarre, so they could do a Granada and uh, get a point against Real yeah. Madrid. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as you say, Rayo, if home form was uh, the league table, they would be 19th. So yeah, Vallecas, very much not a fortress this year. Um, a couple more games to talk about then. We had Alaves Villarreal Saturday afternoon. Alaves took the lead. Villarreal got level through Jorge Cuenca. Um, quite an exciting game, this one. Both teams pretty comfortable in 12th and 13th. Bit of a classic mid-table game now, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit weird for Villarreal, you would have thought, after coming off the back of um, the Barcelona win, that they would have maybe built off that. But they've had a couple of 
draws, which are, are slightly underwhelming. But there is probably a sense with VRL that obviously do enough to stay up. And yeah. now it's kind of damage invitation. Let's get to the end of the season. And at the end of the season, hopefully we can maybe bring in players that kind of what Marcelino wants to wants to build at the club. So, yeah, I think maybe he's not exciting for VRL fans, but I don't think there's the danger of relegation. Um, from Alaves's point of view, they're doing quite well in, in, in recent weeks. And obviously, mm. Samu Samu keeps scoring. I think it's four goals in the last three games now for him. Um, bad news for him, he'll probably be going back at the end of the season. But yeah, for, for their point of view, I don't think you can... Obviously, being promoted, the main thing is, can we stay up? Um, and I think a couple of months ago, they were kind of heading towards the, the drop zone and looking to be in trouble. So they look like they've kind of got rid of that risk and again it might be not very exciting for them but i'm pretty sure at the start of the season they would have, they would have took a few boring few months at the end of at the end of the campaign if that kept them in the, the division absolutely right um speaking of basque sides at home Real Sociedad hosted osasuna um again distraction of psg looming on the horizon for them copper semi-final with mallorca too but they lost to osasuna and um this was a real I suppose it was a shock, but not a shock because Lalleal have been in poor form in terms of not being able to turn draws into wins. But for Osasuna to go there and actually win um, was impressive. I think Lalleal's issue is, is goals, though. That, is that four games without a goal now? Um, which yeah. is obviously a problem yeah. when you're facing PSG next. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe when they're struggling, you'd think, OK, Taka Kuba at the Asian Cup, him coming back, that might help them. But obviously, I think he's played in the last two games um, Mallorca in the Copa del Rey and then obviously against Osasuna and it hasn't really changed that much um, it is a, it is, it's a really um, strange situation I think Real Sociedad find themselves in because obviously last year for their league form compared to last year is they have really dropped and, and seven place feels like quite a bit of an underachievement but mm. on the other hand you look okay we're in the semi-finals of Copa del Rey if we were to get to the final that win that and if we could pull off a brilliant result off against PSG you'd go okay that's a that's a good season even if we finish seventh but the other side if you don't win the Copa del Rey and you get knocked out against PSG because obviously PSG they might not have Messi and Neymar anymore but they're still Mm. a very very good side um and then you look and go okay it's been a very underwhelming campaign if you get knocked out of the cup competitions because seventh place would and they've still got work to do to make sure they finish in the top seven and Hope and try and get back into into sixth position, um, and like you said, the the main cause for concern is they can't, they can't really can't buy a goal. It, they just defensively they're okay, um, but yeah, they they just don't have any sort of impetus in the final third. They, they yeah, they, it's just real um, cause for concern for them for their for their um, hopes of getting Europa League, but also against going up against PSG, if you w- really, really want to have hopes of, of getting into the next round, you've got to worry them defensively. Um, offensively because it's, it's as good as Raul Sociedad's defence is, you feel are over two legs, are you going to keep Mbappe and, and that obey for, for that long? So you'd suggest if they are to get through that, they might have to score three, four goals. And at the moment, you don't see over the over, that's over the two legs. And you, at the moment, you think, where is that coming from? Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a, a big cause for concern for them. Well, we'll see how they fare in Paris in midweek ahead. Finally, then Las Palmas took on Valencia in a, another mid-table clash. But again, we talked a lot about Girona this season. But how good have Las Palmas been? Another 
2-0 victory, another win, 10 wins in 24 games. Um, only 20 goals conceded, the best defence apart from Real Madrid in the entire division. What a job Gafke Pimienta has done. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, I think if Girona weren't in the top four, this would be the story of the season. Um, saying that, Girona are ch- challenging for the European places next year and um, last year, so I'm looking forward to Las Palmas' title challenge next season. Oh, yes. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, they've they've been exceptional. Um, in, re- in regards to the game, it was a weird game because I felt for large... You looked at it and thought, for the, the lack of chances in the game, this was heading towards a nil-nil. It had nil-nil mm. written all over it. Las Palmas probably showed... Um, had a bit more intent, but they didn't look like probably finding a way through. And then obviously two crosses from the left flank and in the last few minutes and they go and go and win it. So yeah, from their point of view, um, brilliant win to be even with talk, obviously talking about Alaves and just wanting him to be mid table, but for Las Palmas to, to kind of forget about worrying about staying in the division and now dreaming of potentially playing European football is unbelievable. It's just a brilliant story for them. Um, in regards to Valencia, in their, in their part of the game, I'd, again for them they've kind of overachieved. It's kind of I think kind of apps that they're kind of level on points with Las Palmas because those I think those two um, have overachieved this season. Obviously Valencia historically a big club, but um, Ruben Baraja having to work with very very little. Um, the only cause for concern for for him would be their last two away performances. Uh, Atletico against Atletico Madrid, they offered very little in the final third, and I think you can kind of say, okay, that's the Metropolitano. Many, many teams struggle there, and but uh, on um, again this weekend, they really, really didn't offer offer that much in the final third. Um, they had a spell in the second half for about five minutes when Baraja made a, a couple of changes where they looked a little bit more threatening. But apart from that, that's Palmas were com- comfortable um, defensively, and they probably did deserve the win if someone was going to take the three points mm. well that's how the weekend finished monday night's game is almeria against athletic club a real kind of uh, tale of two clubs in very different form there but uh, that's all we have time for on tonight's show ben thank you so much for your thoughts tonight have you enjoyed your debut i have thank you very much i really really, really enjoyed it brilliant taking the match ball away with you too so <laughs> great stuff look forward to having you on again very soon We'll be back in midweek with a review of the Champions League last 16 first legs. Of course, they, they're split over a couple of weeks. So this week it's Real Madrid away at Leipzig and La Real in Paris. So let's see if there's some Valentine's Day romance for La Real in the city of love, of course. Anyway, enough of my ramblings. Thank you very much, listeners. You know where to subscribe and upgrade. LLLonline.substack.com for content almost every day. And uh, we'll leave you there. Adios. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.